You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. You like the Drake? I love the Drake. Welcome to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake Comic Podcast. This podcast will take a chronological look at the third boy to wear the mantle of Robin, Tim Drake. We will start with Tim's origin and then make our way to Tim's ongoing Robin series that went 183 issues. So sit back, relax, and find out why everyone loves the Drake. Good for them. Love the Drake. Got to love the Drake. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. I am your host, Rob Myers. And this podcast is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. All right, we're back here. We're in the month of December, and I knew December was going to be a crazy month. Um, I think I've uh, been foolishly saying these last couple months that uh, I would I want to get back to the uh, biweekly grind of the podcast. But throwing uh, Thanksgiving and then once the Christmas season gets underway, it's, uh, you know, we're buying Christmas presents and we are in the midst of doing uh, multiple family Christmases. So I guess depending on when you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening to it in the month of December, uh, this uh, rambling makes complete sense. But if you happen to catch the podcast uh, sometime in 2015 and it's uh, June when you're listening to this then me talking about Christmas really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but uh, uh, for that reason, unfortunately, this is going to be um, possibly, I'm just saying possibly, the only episode for this month. I would really like to squeeze in a Christmas episode. Um, I do have a Christmas uh uh, issue uh, featuring Tim Drake that I would like to do, uh, but it's going to really depend on the amount of time that I have to be able to uh, do that uh, episode. If not, maybe I will save that for next year. For this episode for 19, we're going to be wrapping up part three and part four of the Joker's Wild storyline. Uh, Tim Drake's first uh, interaction with the Joker himself without Batman in Gotham City. Uh, before we get into that, I have a couple of emails. I haven't had any emails in a while. Um, I always enjoy reading the emails and comments, and I think I've said before about, oh, I don't know if anybody's listening, and then just about the time that uh, I say something like that, um, I get two wonderful emails, and uh, I do have two that were in reference to the previous episode talking about Rob to the Joker's Wild. Dear friend, I like to start my notes to you as if we're already in the middle of a conversation. I pretend that we're the oldest and dearest friends as opposed to what we actually are, people who don't know each other's names. And met in a chat room where we both claimed we'd never been before. The first email comes to us from Terry Hudgenson. If I'm saying your last name right, Terry, if not, I apologize. It says, Rob, here are my files for that audio drama. I would have sent it already, but my upload speed sucks, and it took a long time for it to upload. Uh, you may already have the rest of them, but I 
don't know. Uh, so I sent all of it. I apologize also that my friend who converted it from his cassette tape divided the files kind of weirdly too. The one you're looking for starts at about eight minutes into the last file. I'm pretty sure it covers the whole Joker's Wild story. I hope this helps. Terry. Uh, Terry sent this uh, shortly after the episode had uh, gone up after he listened to it. And when I was talking about, um, I like playing some of the audio snippets of uh, the audio dramas that are kind of out there that deal with some of the stories that I'll be talking about. And I had mentioned before in the previous episode that it kind of seemed like the audio drama was incomplete. and But at the same time, it felt like it was complete. It wasn't until I heard Tom Panarese's uh, episode talking about uh, Robin to Joker's wild storyline that I heard the snippet uh, from the Joker's two. And that instantly had me wondering that uh, I don't think I have a complete um, audio drama of this. So I only had just uh, Tom's little snippet that I could uh, put on for the podcast. But uh, the funny thing, I got two emails almost back-to-back about the audio drama, so that was really cool. Uh, And the second email, um, again, Terry sent me audio files uh, for this, so thank you very much, Terry. And then the second email I got, uh, probably with just in a a few minutes after Terry's, was from Ben Perlman. Uh, He sent me uh, audio files as well, and uh, he uh, sent a little uh, email also. It says, uh, I've been listening to your wonderful show since it started and I really enjoy it. Tim Drake was Robin when I really started to follow books and he quickly became my favorite. Dick Grayson is number two, but I really enjoy him as Nightwing better. And I always kind of did too, uh, even though uh, Dick Grayson uh, was Robin when I was, you know, a kid and I was started growing up and I saw the reruns of the uh, 1966 uh, Batman TV show and the superpowers cartoons and, and all that stuff. But it wasn't until um, just like uh, Ben here uh, that uh, once I started reading comics, uh, Tim was uh, just beginning as Robin. So it's kind of cool. We kind of share that a little bit. Uh, he goes on, I never really read anything with Jason Todd with the exception of death in the family. And I was kind of the same way. Um, I did end up picking a couple other Jason Todd books after I read Death in the Family, but uh, I really wasn't aware that Dick Grayson had left. So um, his email also continues again, says the alternate uh, reason for my note is as follows. I just finished listening to episode 18, where you mentioned that you were looking for the audio version of Robin 2. I have a copy of Legends of Robin, which I'm willing to send to you. I attached a uh, story notes and JPEG for the audio cover, which is really cool. Um, he does say that the, unfortunately the audio files were so large that he wasn't able to send them, uh, via AOL. So it was a like, listen only, um, option of it, but you could, uh, I found a way to download them, but I was able to download two versions from, uh, two separate emails. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, the end part of his email too says, uh, these were uh, listen only leaks. And he said, I think you can only listen to these links. But as I said, if you have a way for me to send them to you in actual files, I will be happy to do so. Um, I was actually going to email him back, but with, uh, Terry's email and, uh, Ben's, I was able to get the complete audio drama from the legends of Robin that included the Robin two audio drama. Now with the holidays, uh, almost approaching here for me. We've got a couple Christmases coming up and trying to get the uh, podcast edited and uh, 
wanting to try and do a little something different for you know Christmas and things like that. Um, I have not listened to this audio drama for parts three and part four, and I kind of wanted to basically experience it with uh, you guys. So in kind of uh, expediting a little bit of the synopsis I would normally do, I'm going to do like I did for uh, Robin 1. So what you're going to hear is part three and part four of Robin 2, The Joker's Wild. And uh, for people that may not know, I think I've said it before, but the voice of the Joker in this will be played by Mark Hamill. So uh, those of us that uh, love uh, the Joker performance done by Mark Hamill in the animated series and the Arkham video games, uh, this was really cool. In this audio drama, you get to hear uh, not only uh, Mark Hamill do uh, the voice of the Joker in Robin 2, but you also get to hear him do the Joker in the Death of the Family bit as well. So uh, hearing the um, brutal beating of Jason Todd with Mark Hamill's voice is a really eerily kind of cool. Um, and I have watched uh, Under the Red Hood uh, DVD and turned off the audio and then played the audio from the audio drama, which uh, really makes it cool. Uh, the actor that did the Joker in the animated movie was really uh, was good and, and did it did it well. But I always thought that man, wouldn't it have been cool if Mark Hamill could have you know reprised his role of the Joker for the death in the family? So uh, you do get that if you're able to check out the full uh, Legends of Robin audio drama. It's it's done rather well. Um, the voice uh, that is Batman in this is also the same. A voice actor that did uh, Nightfall, which when we get to that, you're going to be hearing uh, quite a few portions of the Nightfall uh, audio drama. But that'll be for later. All right, so what we'll do right now, we'll get into the audio drama from the Legends of Robin that uh, Terry and Ben both sent me. So uh, thank you guys very much. And it's uh, very cool to be able to finally uh, hear this together. So we'll listen to this. And uh, like I said before, when I, uh, the last time I did one of the, uh, I used one of the audio dramas for the synopsis, this is not an exact uh, page by page uh, read. Uh, I would say for the most part that it is, there are a few uh, bits and pieces that they do pull out just to kind of move the story along or some of the dialogue kind of gets uh, shifted a little bit. So, uh, but it is very, very faithful to the source material. So you could pretty much read this, uh, you know, uh, if you have the uh, uh, comics in front of you or if you have a trade paperback uh, with this, uh, you can kind of uh, follow along for the most part. And it's a really good, faithful adaption. Uh, so we'll start the uh, synopsis for part three and part four of Robin 2, The Joker's Wild. Uh, thanks for tuning in and welcome to the show. Christmas vacation. 
Here's the information in the writing credits for part three and part four of Robin to the Joker's Wild. Uh, this information is brought to us by Mike's Amazing World. It's a really cool uh, website to go check out in case you're just wanting to know some information about uh, issues that uh, you might have in your collection. The cover date is 1992. The on-street sale date is November 26, 1991 for part three. Part four has an on-sale date of December 10th, 1991. The cover price was $1.50. Uh, the page count is 32. Uh, the writing team and creative team goes as followed. Writer is Chuck Dixon. Penciler is Tom Lyle. Inker is Robert R. Smith. Letters is Timothy Harkins. Colorist is Adrian Roy. Uh, editor is Dennis J. O'Neill. Pencilers by Dan Jurgens and uh, Dick Giornato is the cover art for this particular issue that I have, unless you are also reading it from the trade, uh, like we are uh, currently going to be looking at together. Uh, part four is just exactly the same, and I have the cover art by Eduardo uh, Bertardo. If I'm saying that right, I apologize. A Tim Drake Robin, created by Marv Wolfman and Pat Broderick. Robin costume, created by Neil Adams and Norm Brayfogel. So uh, these are collected in uh, Robin Tragedy and Triumph in uh, trade paperback uh, for the Robin 2 storyline. And it also encompasses... Um, the Obey a Man storyline as well. So uh, let's get into the synopsis. You've got me under your skin. Well, more precisely, you've got me in your mainframes, dearest Gotham. I've installed a little program of mine into the city's computer systems. Maybe you've already noticed some of the results. The entire police force has received a pay cut so the city can pay expenses. What a cop-out. One thousand firemen were laid off. Boy, are they feeling burned. And a 500% property tax was levied on all city businesses yesterday. Oh, and with most of the city's power blacked out, we have so many fires because people are using almost any means to stay warm. What in blazes is that all about? That's all that's important. There's our connection to Osgood Pellinger. I take it you're still without Batman? He's been held up outside of Gotham. You'll just have to settle for me. I'm not sure. You don't have a choice. The Joker has the city on the run. You can't turn down any help that's offered. You're right, of course. The city's computer experts are baffled by all this. They can trace the virus back to the main terminals at the phone company, but the Joker set up mazes and traps in the system, fail-safes and self-destructs. I don't pretend to understand it all. This prank could plague the city for years. The only way to purge the system is to shut it down for a week and hunt down the virus. Bite by bite. Great. That would be like putting a tourniquet around someone's neck because their head was bleeding. Frankly, I'm not sure what you can do, but... Gone. Why do they always do that? During 
the end of the first half and a cold afternoon in Gotham Stadium, Metropolis has a first down on the Gotham 15-yard line. Alfred? Chad Resnick, the Metropolis quarterback, is playing like a man of steel. Alfred? Hmm? Oh, Master Tim. I uh, must have been lost in thought. Uh, Anything new on the Joker? I fear not. I've had the television on all day. Perhaps the clown prince of crime has decided to take Sunday off. Not in this lifetime. Gotham is taking a licking here. Down ten points and with two-time pro bowler Chuck Kochman out with a head injury. Football, Alfred? I'm surprised. I haven't had time to change the channel. What a brutal and dull sport American football is. Not at all the game that Ruggers or soccer is. Then why don't I put on something else? No, no, no. I'm mildly curious to see how this quarter ends. Uh Aha. And hey, 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 what's this? Looks like the halftime entertainment has started a little early. Let's get a camera on that scoreboard. What's that? Not sure. Let me turn it up. I'd say a glitch in the system, as the scoreboard graphics are going absolutely wacky. Looks like somebody fumbled. Howdy, sports fans. How are all you athletic supporters holding up? Hmm? <laughs> I'm here to bring a grin to the gridiron, to carry a giggle to the goalposts. Ah, uh, but business first. I've got a play I'd like to call, so huddle up, Gotham. Okay, here's the situation. It's fourth and long. Joker goes deep, but Gotham digs deeper and throws a long bomb of one billion dollars my way. Cash! Trust me, I've got Stick'em on my hands, so I won't drop it. (laughs) If you decide to call a different play, I'm going to blitz this town with my little pass rush and send my nasty computer virus into everyone's locker room. (laughs) Oh, and yes, there's one other thing. To make sure I don't get intercepted, I want the money delivered by the Batman. Ta-ta! Yay, team! He really is mad. The city doesn't have a billion dollars. They could never pay that. The money isn't what he wants, Tim. He's called your bluff. He wants the Batman. That makes two of us. I bet Bruce could figure out how he's bugging the system. Don't be too hard on yourself, Master Tim. Not even Master Bruce has been able to unravel the source of the Joker's madness. The source of... Alfred, you're brilliant. Master Tim, might I ask why my apparent brilliance has led you down into the cave just before supper? The source of the Joker's madness. That's what you said, Alfred. That's our key. We need to find the source of all this madness. I'm afraid I don't understand. To do all this damage, the Joker's got to have a central computer somewhere in Gotham. He's keyed into every system using the phone company's main terminal. He's got Osgood Pellinger programming and jamming using a supercomputer of some kind. They have to be drawing power from somewhere. Computer, scan the power grid for phone company lines and track them down. Working. All paths routed. Detail. Search for unusual patterns. Anomaly detected. Program path 11.237 requires encoded password entry. That's gotta be it. Interface with the cryptography program. Now to set Bruce's Cray computers to work. Password pratfall accepted. Loading main menu. Choices. Key to the city. Bago tricks. Brain busters. Bats in the belfry. Crazy house. It's a shell. I have to get inside, get through the challenges. I'm up against defenses designed by a master computer hacker. But obviously the Joker helped Palinger write this. Maybe that'll help me out. I choose Crazy House and see what happens next. 
Select from submenu. It's the plumber. He thinks he knows you. Well, she climbed out on the roof. I just saw the Pope on a tricycle. Punchlines. Punchlines to old jokes. This is getting weird. Got to choose one. Keep trying until... Access to main program. I'm in. What's your name? Hmm, that's my secret. Tell me how I can find you. <laughs> I, I already, already know, your, know name. your name. Your name is Robin. <laughs> oh no, I thought I was invading the Joker's program, but he was invading mine. Warning, Batcave computer security safeguards have been breached. System violated. Initiate complete shutdown, power off. Joker wins again. The brain of the Batcave is dead. No, no, no! Uh, we almost had him. He shut down before we could load a virus into the Batcomputer. Egad, this brat's getting on my nerves. I'm supposed to be the only wild card in this deck. Oh, well. At least Bird Boy's out of the picture, and making him dump his system is icing on the cake. Such a shame we couldn't stay online long enough to learn the whereabouts of Batman's hidey-hole. Hmm. Where do you think Batsy is? A gloomy guy like him would never go on vacation, unless it was to Transylvania. Maybe he's injured. Maybe he slipped in the bat-tub. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Well, enough daydreaming. Let's get busy. Reports of computer glitches and errors continue all across the city today. During this morning's rush hour traffic, the street lights went crazy, showing green in all directions, causing gridlock and accidents all over the city. Release orders came down for three dozen prisoners being held over for trial in the city lockup. Most of them were let out before the error was discovered. Power to hospitals has been cut. The homeless shelters are filling. The police are at half strength. I've got to stop reacting and start acting, and this is as good a place to start as any. Osgood Pellinger's house. The police have already been through here, but maybe they missed something. This place is the ultimate computer geek's hangout, but Doc was a terminal computer nut. Books, computer manuals, more books, a lonely man who lived only through his work. There's nothing here that tells me who Osgood Pellinger was behind his computer. What's this? Shoebox? Probably full of old computer disks. No, it's a little dog collar and pictures of a kid and a puppy. The kid could be Pellinger. Ozzy and Pixie, Summer House 1961. Hmm, this could be something. Package for you, Kamish. Oh, uh, thanks. Don't worry, it's been checked out. No metal inside. Well, that's some comfort. Mother of... What is it? I'd say it's our ransom demand. He wants one billion dollars in cash loaded into a tractor trailer. A red one. And the truck's radio is to be tuned to a frequency he'll communicate to us later. He says that if his directions aren't followed to the letter, his next prank will kill hundreds. And he wants Batman driving the truck. That too. He wants a billion dollars and a face-off with Batman. Neither one is possible. He knows that, too. Commissioner, 
I think I have a way of finding out where the Joker's hidden cold room is, but we have to draw him out. We'll use the cash and Batman as a lure. Your men will raid the hideout, and I'll face the Joker. I can't place the fate of this entire city in the hands of an adolescent. Besides, you've almost been killed by him twice now. He'll be expecting you this time. Oh, if Batman were here. He isn't here. You know, he didn't pick my name out of a hat for this job. It's all up to you, Commissioner. If you trust him... You can trust me. Well, there was part three of Robin 2, The Joker's Wild, and uh, uh, that's pretty cool to hear uh, Mark Hamill's voice uh, once again uh, reprising uh, the role of the Joker. Granted, this was uh, uh, quite a while ago when he had done this, but uh, it's really cool to finally be able to hear the completed version of the Legends of Robin uh, audio drama that really covers the whole history of uh, Tim Drake from his uh, introduction uh, as Tim and then to finally getting to be Robin through Robin one and then uh, getting into Robin to the Joker's wild. So we won't waste any more time. We'll get right back into the audio drama and uh, listen to the fourth and final part of Robin to the Joker's wild. Let's go. I'm alone. Batman is gone. He may be dead for all I know. The Joker's running wild. He has the city by the throat. I'm the only hope Gotham has. On top of that, I think I'm failing two classes. I don't know who else to turn to. I don't know Alfred too well, and he doesn't really know me either. I needed someone to talk to. I'm going solo against the Joker tonight. He killed Jason Todd. Sure, I'm scared. I haven't been able to sleep since the Joker delivered his ultimatum. Well, what scares me most is failing Gotham. Failing myself. Failing Batman. All my friends are worried about their grades and dating and fitting in, normal teenager stuff. I've got all that and the burden of being the boy wonder. I try to remember that I wanted this, but I never thought of how lonely it would be. That's why I came to you, Dad. Part of me wishes I could talk to you like this while you were awake. But part of me is glad you won't know what happens next. All right, this is the place. We'll leave it here. In this neighborhood? Kamish, are you sure? I mean, a truck like this is a big red target. It'll be stripped in no time, not to mention the billion dollars in the back. Batman and Robin are here. Well, where? They don't like being seen. Now get back to the squad car. All right. Hey, Kamish, what do you say we stop off at Dunkin' Drink and grab us a couple of donuts? All right, Robin. It's all yours. Don't let me down. Okay, here goes nothing. Batman says I'm an equal partner. He believes it. Everyone else but him and Alfred sees me as just a sidekick, just a kid. The list includes the Joker. Okay, truck's all set. The Joker underestimates me. Shiva said that would be my only edge. Of course, it's only an edge if I'm not overestimating myself. Only one way to find out. 
Abjus Day. Osgood, my good man, have you heard the word? Our tree has borne fruit. Our ship has come in. Our O has been K'd. The cash is collected and the police are waiting for further instructions. Oh dear, Osgood, you don't look pleased at all. Perhaps an increase in your medication, hmm? Well, well, sit tight, Osgood. I'll be back. Robin, he's given us the exchange point. It's East Harbor Bridge. The Joker wants the truck in the center of the span, and he expects Batman to be driving. Keep your men away from there, Commissioner. I, I can handle this end, but keep them ready to move when they get the call. I have SWAT teams stationed all over the city, and we have the traces set up. Good luck, son. Thanks. This is Robin to Operator One. We have the drop-off. Are you situated? Yes, sir. In the most desirable section of the adult movie theater district. Apparently, the weather has deterred even these patrons. I have the payphones all to myself. Then let's get started. Just use my laptop computer to get online and run the program I gave you. It'll run on every email and interactive public system. I figure the Joker has Pellinger monitoring all of them. He's at the center of the Joker's whole scheme. It's running. Master Robin, I assume you are aware that it is running a picture of a dog. That's it, Alfred. That's the big plan. We're hanging our hopes on a picture of a dog named Pixie. As soon as you get a response, phone Gordon on the cellular and give him the payphone number. They'll trace the call from the phone company and then locate the Joker's mainframe. Before you go, sir, I just wanted you to know that I understand the pressure you're under. And that I doubt Batman could have done any better than you have done. Coming from you, that means a lot, Alfred. Robin out. We're supposed to get more than a foot of snow tonight. Driving a big rig across the harbor bridge is hard enough for me to handle on dry roads. But doing it during a blizzard, using a remote control a hundred yards away, is a nightmare. Easy, easy, there. It's at the center of the bridge. Now we wait. Hi, you've got email. Hmm? Downloading file. 800 kilobytes. Beginning transfer. File's done. Picture? Pixie? Pixie. Oh, my kingdom for a steaming cup of Earl Grey. Hello? You've What's got this? email. Oh, we're getting a message. Where is that voice option? Ah, there. Where are you, Pixie? Come here, girl. Good girl. Come to Ozzy. Good girl. My word. Afraid I can't tell you who I am, Commissioner, but I work with a certain young man we both know. His plan worked. Dr. Pellinger responded to the image of his childhood pet. I have a response. The payphone number is 555-2008. He's still online. Hurry, and you'll catch him. Got it, and thanks. Five Squad, this is the Commissioner. The target house is in your sector. The number is registered to the Jack of All Trades Employment Agency, 9th and Diamond Streets. Roll. I tell you, boys, I'm dreaming of a green Christmas. <laughs> is it the tr- truck up there, boss? Lester's been watching the bridge all night. He said someone drove it up and parked it and hasn't moved from the cab. There she blows! And a pretty red one, just like I asked for. Gee, 
How did Santa fit that down the chimney? But let's see if I got all my Christmas wishes. Binoculars! Hocus pocus, it's all in focus! <laughs> Ooh, my heart's desire! There he is, sitting in the cab! So the bird brain boy wasn't left by his lonesome after all. Now it's time for Mr. Batty to go bye-bye! Where did I put that detonator? Not my pants. But boss... Not my shirt. What if there really is a billion dollars in the truck? Tax deduction, business expense. It would be worth a trillion dollars to know that Batman is finally dead. Aha, here it is in my waistcoat. Time to get him wasted, Batsy. Oh, the fire is so delightful. <laughs> and look at all this debris. You see, my friends? Just bits of newspaper. The city is flat broke, just like I told you. They were never going to pay. But it still brings a tear to my eye. I actually get to see Batman shuffle off to his reward and blow to bits, just like his other partner. So choice, so apropos. Now, now, boys, help me look for his charred remains so I can really kick his ashes. <laughs> uh, boss? Found something? Yeah, I think so. Looks like what's left of a mannequin dressed in a bat costume. What? No! It's not fair! It's not fair! Now, while they're surprised. Now, while they're off balance. Now, while I still have the guts. Tell you, it's not fair! That felt good. I feel something else. A chill that has nothing to do with the cold. It's Robin! Get him! It's fear. I'm riding it, using the adrenaline rush that it gives me. I've dreaded this moment, facing the Joker and his gang. But now that it's here, it feels right. All my wonderful plans! My sublime machinations! My public image! That takes care of the second stringers. But the Joker's headed upriver. The only hiding place within reach is the city sewage plant. Oh, Jingle Bells, Robin's Bells, Batman's gone away. It'll be a Merry Christmas, cause the Joker's here to stay. Hey! Lost sight of him, but I'm not letting him get away this time. Gotta wonder, though, do I have him cornered, or am I being suckered? <sighs> not that it matters. The treatment filters and the churning water make it noisy. Steam rising from the water makes it hard to see. He could be anywhere. Boo! Ugh! He's not hiding. Oof! And he hits hard for someone who acts that silly. You know, I always thought the robin was supposed to be the first sign of spring. Looks like this little birdie got here a tad early, doesn't it? Batman's going to have to get choosier with his next sidekick. Their lifespans get shorter each time. You may set the record for the shortest lifespan of them all. <laughs> oh! His knife cut through my Kevlar vest. Lose the pain. Keep your mind on your next move. Take him off balance. Hey! No fair fighting back! Take him up and over. <laughs> and down he goes. Uh, I'm melting! I'm melting! 
melting! I know there's a snappy line I could say here. Some remark to humiliate the Joker even more than he already is. (laughs) But I'm just too tired to think of one. I have several herbal teas, Master Timothy. Which would you prefer? I don't need to be babied, Alfred. You were out in the cold, too. Not nearly as long as you were, sir. Here, drink up. What's the latest? Well, once they were able to access the mainframe, the police were able to stop whatever awfulness the Joker had planned next. And Pellinger? No, he's in a sorry state. But he'll recover soon enough to help unravel all the bother he's created. Alfred, we beat him, didn't we? (laughs) We beat the Joker. You beat him, Master Tim. Uh, Robin... The Joker's property from now on! And next time, he'll stay dead! All right, hopefully you guys enjoyed doing that. And again, it it, uh, was fun just to be able to do that uh, for the podcast. And it also gave me a little bit extra time to uh, not have to spend uh, as much time as I normally would on the podcast, having to type and do the synopsis and and edit all of that and get all the music around. So it was great that Terry and Ben were able to send this to me so I can uh, uh, hopefully expedite some of the stuff to uh, finish up some Christmas shopping for (laughs) my wife and get ready for uh, just a general uh Christmas uh, parties and things that are going on. I remember when this came out, um, I was just really excited for this uh, Joker story and was wondering uh, how this was all going to turn out from Tim. And I think uh, Terrence and I had said before, as much as we liked Robin 1, we kind of felt there was some stuff that was kind of uh, lacking uh, in the story. And I think it was just from uh, uh, Dixon kind of getting used to writing the Robin character and uh, having uh, Dixon and Lyle on uh, this Robin run. I really felt like the two of them uh, were really in sync uh, together, uh, telling just such a a great story. And I I think I've said before in the previous episode that uh, I really hope that this uh, makes its way into the 75th anniversary uh, Robin trade that is coming out. I believe in April of 2015, there's going to be a collected edition of Robin stories, probably from uh, all of the Robins, but I know that Chuck Dixon and Tom Lyle are credited uh, in the uh, information of the book that's uh, going to be coming out. I think you can look on uh, Amazon or even on the BatmanUniverse.net. There's a write-up about uh, this book that's coming out. So I half wonder if this story isn't going to appear in the book as it's only uh, four issues. And it just is a great Robin story. And it's also a great Joker story as well. And one that doesn't need uh, Batman in it at all. And he's only in a one panel uh, of the story. And we'll talk about that once we get into uh, part four of the book. Um, 
it's uh, starting out with uh, the Joker uh, kind of going through this uh, uh, computer broadcast that's going on now that the Joker's in complete full control and uh, just kind of telling us uh, what's going on with the uh, police department and fire, but he's really put a uh, crippling halt uh, down on the infrastructure of uh, the city. And again, that's something I had talked about previously. Uh, what dangers that people can do with a computer if uh, if they know what they're doing or if they don't know what they're doing as much as we we rely on this technology um just just in more recent times of you know the hacking that's been done uh, to sony and different uh banks and best buys and targets uh you can really bring down the infrastructure of a city just with a single uh key card and swipe and that's exactly what uh the joker is doing here uh, something that was left out of the synopsis is the uh mayors uh, talking with uh, police commissioners and other city officials about what's going on. But that was kind of uh, done through a little bit of uh, exposition of uh, Mark Hamill's reading of the Joker, just basically saying what's already been, uh, been done here. And then some of this conversation has been moved over to uh, Robin and commissioner Gordon up on the rooftop. So uh, for you guys, if you're following along it'd be page four for me, if uh, you're somebody like me, that's looking at this through the trade paperback, it'd be page uh, 148 and 149. Um, but we have the shot of uh, commissioner Gordon waiting for Robin and, uh, uh, to actually waiting for uh, Batman and Robin and almost uh, Commissioner Gordon's disdain in, you know, uh, the ransom that the Joker wants and it being only Robin on the roof. Uh, and uh, Commissioner Gordon's realizing very fast that Batman is not coming. And uh, uh, Robin even kind of gives the... Uh, the what for to commissioner Gordon is basically saying it's just me. You know, if, if you're waiting for Batman, that's, that's not going to happen. We're going to have to try and work together. And, uh, commissioner Gordon is not happy by it. I think the, uh, voice actor that was playing uh, commissioner Gordon really kind of gets that through that, uh, you know, he was expecting, uh, Batman, but, uh, you know, he kind of pulls himself uh, together a little bit, and uh, they kind of start talking about the case. And, and I like the way that Lyle drew Robin on the uh, side of the building as he's kind of uh, pulling a little bit of a, a, a Spider-Man move here a little bit. Um, that he was kind of crouched talking to Commissioner Gordon and bringing himself down uh, to eye level with Commissioner Gordon and them just having their uh, discussion here. Um, I could only imagine that the roof would be rather slippery, but I'm sure they have some... Uh, uh, bat ice boots, not the ice skates from Batman and Robin. So we won't, <laughs> we won't go into there. You know, a little part that was uh, missing from the synopsis that uh, we really didn't uh, kind of need, but this is where uh, the Joker gets the idea for how to deliver the ransom to uh, Gotham city. Uh, the boys and Joker's gang are just sitting around eating pizza, watching the TVs of all of the, you know, chaos that they've just caused in Gotham City. And then one of his guys saying that, you know, he's made a bet on uh, the Gotham City and Metropolis uh, football game. And that's where Joker gets his idea of how to deliver the ransom or, or the vehicle that he's going to use to uh, deliver the ransom to Gotham City. And then we move into uh, Wayne Manor where uh, 
Alfred and Tim are just kind of hanging out in the kitchen, kind of waiting for the Joker to make his next move so they kind of know where to react. And I thought this was kind of a funny little moment between Alfred and Tim that, uh, you know, Alfred just happens to have the TV on an American football game. You know, he would be r- rather watching uh, soccer or, or something else, you know, maybe from his uh, native land. And Tim says, oh, I'll change the channel. And Alfred's like, no, no, I'll, I'll I just kind of want to see how this uh, quarter is going to end. And um, we have, you know, the voiceover from the uh, football announcer in the game. And, of course, this is where the Joker makes his uh, appearance to deliver the ransom and is uh, pointing the finger basically at Robin and uh, calling his bluff. And Alfred, you know, even says so uh, that the Joker wants this uh, money being dropped off by none other than Batman. And, of course, Commissioner Gordon and Tim both know the Batman can't do that because he's not in Gotham City. And now that the Joker um, knows it as well and is using that as leverage, that if you know Batman doesn't do it, uh, he's going to cause some a major uh, death and destruction. So, kind of hoping to see, you know, am I right? Is is Batman gone? Is this little bird home alone? And uh, uh, if so, uh, what a what a frightening thing this must be for uh, Commissioner Gordon. That, uh, you know, the fate of the city is rested in this uh, young boy who's only been Robin, you know, a very short time. So I think that's got to send a little bit of uh, fear to uh, Commissioner Gordon. But uh, uh, the good thing about Commissioner Gordon, he isn't relaying that to uh, the rest of his force that Batman's not here. Uh, He and Robin are both playing it off that Batman is looking at other aspects of the case and that Robin is doing the uh, legwork. Uh, This is a part that I wish was in the synopsis or the audio drama that we just listened to uh, was Tim hanging out with his friends. And uh, this is the part where Tim figures out how he's going to find out where the Joker is operating from or where Dr. Pillinger is from. He gets that from hanging out with his friends and through the game uh, that he and his friends are playing with, as you can see here on page 10, it's a uh, warlock and wizards um, rather than Tim figuring it out in the bat cave, like we heard in the uh, audio drama, it's a, uh, or excuse me, rather with uh, Commissioner Gordon, uh, Tim figures it out here hanging with uh, his friends. And uh, if you remember from episode 18, when Carl came up to Tim along with Ives and they were both asking him, you know, to come hang out with, you know, each other, Tim kind of blows both of them off and saying, you know, he's got schoolwork to do. We do, in fact, see that Tim does go to hang out with his friends to play this new game. And it's here in the game as they're kind of going through the game together and they're, you know, making their little notes kind of, uh, you know, a la Big Bang Theory, if anybody's watching that, uh, kind of like a, a D&D type of a game. We see here that uh, Ives is telling him, you know, all you have to do is follow the magic uh, and you can find out his lair. And it's at this point Tim realizes you know, that's what I have to do. I have to follow the magic. I have to follow where the transmission's coming from. And I need that thing uh, to ping into Osgood or to Pillinger's um, phone location. He can figure that out. So rather than him getting it from Commissioner Gordon, like we heard in the audio drama, uh, Tim actually gets it here hanging out with his friends. And I think that's that's a better beat for Tim's character. And as we 
continue to go on through the podcast, we will get to see more and more of Tim's uh, supporting cast. And I'm glad that we get to see uh, some of them right here, even if it's only very briefly in this story. um, It does uh, set up a nice welcome. Once we get into the cry of the huntress, uh, Tim's friends kind of become even more important to uh, Tim Drake's story. And again, once we move into the bat cave with Alfred and Robin, we have uh, Tim explaining to Alfred, um, how the game works and kind of uh, his idea for being able to track Pillinger and the Joker both. And uh, they kind of uh, changed a little bit of that for the synopsis and the uh, audio drama. And again, I think it it was a, a beat that probably should have been here. And then it's, this is Tim explaining uh, warlocks and wizards to Alfred and how it's going to work. And um, then ba- basically everything else plays out the same here. This is kind of the, uh, techno jargon uh in the issue that you could kind of get lost up in uh but i think uh dixon uh plays this off very well and it's i think it's even done better in the audio drama uh how everything is working you can kind of hear uh the influx of the computer's voice and with uh, mark hamill's joker's voice i think it works out very well um and the very thing that tim was trying to do was to find the source of the virus uh tim almost completely uh, crashes uh the back computer and he has to power it down before uh, the Joker can get a trace back on to where the Batcave is, so I can only imagine uh, that being a huge problem, that uh, uh, Bruce comes back home only to find out the Joker sitting in Wayne Manor. Wouldn't that be a, a scary thought? So um, we do have the moment with uh, the Joker being a little disappointed. He didn't get a chance to uh, catch uh, where the location of the Batcave is and uh, that uh, this new Robin is becoming quite a bothersome pest to the Joker. And uh, he is definitely going to make sure he's going to try and rectify that. Uh, we move through a couple sections of just the uh, the chaos that is going on uh, with uh, the city and uh, just again it's just kind of reiterating that um, something that we do see quite a bit in uh, Batman books and in Robin books is the you know police have done their job and they've gone through and they've you know checked the uh, premises of whatever it is and it's always the cool thing to have Batman and Robin come back in and there's probably going to be that piece of evidence that the police didn't check and they didn't see and of course Tim is able to pick up the box of uh, memorabilia from uh, Pillinger's dog, Pixie. And uh, this is where Tim is going to start uh, piecing this back uh, together to uh, try and get a a head of the Joker. And the uh, final page of uh, part three here, the final two pages, uh, we have Tim coming to uh, the GCPD and explaining his plan. And uh, this is the point where Commissioner Gordon is... Uh, really kind of upset and at odds. He's uh, telling Robin, look, the Joker's almost killed you twice, and I don't know if I want to put the trust of the city in a boy. And uh, Tim is left trying to defend himself here, uh, telling uh, Commissioner, you know, a Batman just didn't pick his name out of a hat. He's he's uh, wasn't the the next in line that was waiting out around the block to see you know the latest you know star wars movie whatever it might be and said hey you're you're going to be the next robin um and he's trying to not only convince commissioner gordon but i think in some ways he's trying to convince himself you know i i am right for the job uh you've got to give me a little bit of extra slack here and uh, and tim is f- trying to figure this out on the fly 
Uh, he didn't get a play-by-play book of how to deal with the Joker. And I think I said before in the previous uh, episode that if uh, Bruce knew that Tim was in Gotham City facing uh, the Joker all alone, he would surely make it back. Uh, part four opens up with a really nice character beat and uh, uh, something we haven't seen yet in the uh, story for a while is uh, catching back up with uh, Jack Drake's situation. Uh they had said that he had come out of his coma, but apparently uh, he is kind of uh, in and out of sleep and or in and out of consciousness still from the attacks of the Abaya man in the uh, Robin uh, one storyline. Uh, it's touched on just briefly and Batman 465, uh, the debut of uh, Tim Drake uh, being Robin with Batman in the city. The very end of that uh, tells us that, uh, uh, Jack Drake has come out of his coma and is in his awake wanting to see his son. So uh, we haven't seen uh, Tim interact with his uh, father since that time, but apparently uh, Jack is in and out of consciousness a little bit still. So we have the moment where uh, Tim really has no one else to talk to. And we're, we're kind of told here that uh, he is alone, probably very much the same way that Batman is alone. Uh, Batman does have Alfred to talk to and Gordon people that are, you know, know him, but uh, Tim is really more isolated uh, than what Batman is. Uh, of course, you know, he knows Alfred, but he has only really known Alfred for a very short time, and he's still building up that trust. And Commissioner Gordon uh, barely knows Robin and really kind of doesn't trust uh, Robin any farther than he can throw him at this point. Uh, we have a, a kid in Gotham city trying to protect the city from the most dangerous person. And the only person Tim can think to go talk to and uh, just get things off his chest is his father that uh, can't answer him. And uh, you know, this is kind of, this could be the last moment that uh, Tim gets to talk to his father and his father obviously can't hear him because he uh, must be back in a coma or just, might be, you know, sedated with, you know, whatever is still going on with them from, you know, again, the attack of the Abaya man. Uh, the audio drama does skip uh, this next portion of Robin and Alfred basically uh, getting the supplies and everything they're going to need to uh, try and fool the Joker. And we see the rack of Batman costumes uh, that's in uh, page four here of part four. Um, kind of cool to see all of them, you know, hung up. Uh, it's uh, it's a little dated, a little cheesy, a little bit that uh, a Batman just has this wardrobe of uh, costumes hanging on hangers. I would think it would be in a vault like we've seen in many of the movies, even in Batman and Robin and Batman and Forever. There's this, you know, vault that the costumes are in, uh, as opposed to here, they're just hanging on a hanger, look like they just got back from a dry cleaning. But, you know, we get the idea. At the top of page five, I half wonder if this weatherman is not supposed to be TV's Al Roker. Uh, for some uh, for some reason, looks like he possibly could be. Um, for those people that you know, kind of watch uh, you know NBC's uh, Today Show, where Al Roker will read you the weather. I don't know if he was uh, a, a prominent personality back then, but uh, that's that's kind of where I'm going with it's our Al Roker uh, weatherman motion. Uh, but uh, everything is getting set into place here, and uh, the big red truck that the Joker has asked for is being brought into position, and. Uh, Everything is uh, now moving into plan, and uh, again, we're kind of uh, dealing with uh, Tim 
uh, trying to set this plan and making sure everything is correct and still uh, uneasy if he's going to be able to pull all of this off. The third panel of page eight, we have a very drooling and uh, party hat wearing uh, Osgood Pillinger that the Joker has really sedated this guy uh, to the point of uh, drooling (laughs) that uh, he is just a blubbering uh, shell of the probably once smart man that he was and that the Joker is just doing everything through, uh, you know, like the truth serums and all that stuff to really uh, bring a... Osgood into just uh, the power of suggestion uh, to get him to hack in wherever he wants um, that he can only really focus on what the Joker's talking about or it's going to take something to kind of jar his uh, memory back to reality and uh, it's a good thing that Tim found the box of photos because that's really going to uh, pay off Um, we see here in uh, page 11 that uh, Tim is controlling the truck by uh, remote control with the stuffed mannequin of uh, Batman in it. Page 12 finds us with a uh, a very sedated uh, Pillinger just kind of waiting for whatever next task the Joker has for him. And we have the clock um, that is counting down uh, you know, the destruction for Gotham City and uh, everything that's going to be going on. And then we have uh, Alfred uploading the image to Osgood Pillinger's uh, computer. And this is the thing that starts to bring uh, Pillinger out of... Uh, his sedation that allows them to be able to track uh, the location of uh, the Joker's uh, hideout that's going to be housing all of the, you know, the weapons and uh, uh, the destruction the Joker is trying to plan here. We have uh, Alfred here in uh, 13 contacting uh, Commissioner Gordon, which we would see from time to time that Commissioner Gordon and uh, Alfred would speak. This is the moment where Alfred says, we have a location. Here's the number that can track this down just using the phone modems. And again, it kind of dates it a little bit that, uh, you know, the internet back in those days and just uh, computer communication was done through modems and you would hear this squeaky squawky uh, internet, but uh, they're able to uh, send the SWAT team uh, to uh, Pillinger's location and hopefully be able to rescue him before it's too late. In page 15, we have the Joker blowing up the bridge, holding the dummy Batman, which he doesn't know it yet. And uh, we have the Joker uh, singing some Christmas carols. And uh, I assumed reading this back in 91 that with the uh, Joker saying, oh, the fire is so delightful. Of course, he was uh, singing Let It Snow, Let It Snow. Uh, Back on 14, he is saying Let It Snow, Let It Snow. And I thought, I'm sure that he's singing a Christmas carol and then hearing the audio drama and hearing Mark Hamill just do a brilliant uh, Joker voice, as he always does, and singing the Christmas, a couple different Christmas carols in here uh, really kind of uh, brings the story, gives that Christmas feel with the snow and everything like that. So uh, he plays that part so deliciously. I would, I would love to think that he's going to reprise his role in the Arkham Knight video game. I kind of think he would. Um, it'd be a shame if he didn't. But anyway, that's a, a topic for uh, later on. And uh, this is the moment that while the Joker is gloating, uh, Robin can hopefully get uh, an upper hand on the guys. And uh, a cool moment here that uh, Terrence and I have talked about and something that they kind of stopped doing uh, after a while uh, where Robin would use the R shuriken as a throwing star or a shuriken or the uh, you know insignia on his chest. And he uh, throws it here into one of the Joker's goons here uh, right in his hand. And the cool thing is that uh, 
after he would throw it, it's not like it would automatically appear. That would be the one and only that he would have. And I think later on, they kind of went away from that to just R's that he would throw out instead of uh, Batarangs, although it would kind of go back and forth. But what Lyle does here is he keeps the R insignia off of Robin's chest, and you see that uh, through the Joker fight uh, on panel on uh, nineteen through nineteen and uh, through twenty, both the shots of Robin that you see uh, the uh, second or third panel rather and uh, fifth panel on uh, nineteen is just the black. Uh, empty oval where the R would be. So I thought that was uh, cool that they did that, but I'm uh, sure that after a while, that you, as you would start drawing stuff, you would just uh, instinctively start drawing the R. So I think that's just a little gimmick that they got away from, but I thought that was kind of cool that the R insignia could be used as a weapon. So we have uh, Robin chasing down Joker to the water treatment facility or the waste treatment uh tanks and they have their a little confrontation just the uh baiting and the goading and gloating that the joker uh tries to do to robin here saying that he's going to have the the shortest lifespan of any of the former robins that uh, they're just getting shorter and shorter and a little joke about and i thought that robin was supposed to be the first sign of spring and just all these little quips uh that the joker is just giving to uh, robin as he's trying to fight off the joker Tim is trying to play through the pain after having get cut here just a little bit and ends up using the Joker's momentum to momentum to kick him over top of Tim and into the vat of uh, sludge or we know what it is. It's uh, He threw him into a vat of Hanky the Christmas poo. So <laughs> we won't do any more poo jokes here. Howdy how! So a part that was uh, left off out of the audio drama was SWAT team getting in and uh, stopping the Joker's computer uh, from ticking off to the final second. They end up just shooting up the computer panel. Uh, that's kind of uh, told to us in the aftermath in uh, Wayne Manor where uh, Tim and Alfred are having tea. Uh, They left off uh, Batman coming in, which really kind of seems odd that Tim and Alfred are in Wayne Manor. They're kind of talking about uh, defeating the Joker, and uh, we get the exposition from Alfred in the audio drama that the SWAT team was able to save Dr. Pillinger and everything is is all set with him. And we have... Uh, in the comic, in uh, the bottom of page 23, we have uh, Batman entering a side door into Wayne Manor. That was something I always thought was odd when they were doing that. I'm kind of glad after a while they got out of that part that what did he do? Just drive the Batmobile right up alongside of uh, Wayne Manor and enter through a side door? Wouldn't have somebody seen it? Or in this case, we know the Batmobile is in fact uh, downstairs in the Batcave, so... Batman would have had to have taken the jet. So I did like in the comic, we have Alfred saying, we most certainly did. Uh, Master Bruce will be most pleased to hear it when he arrives. And we have Batman coming in and saying, hear about what? I think uh, that was just a way for Lyle to draw Batman properly. Like, hey, Batman is home. He's back from his uh, mission that was currently going on in the Batman story. Uh, but I think uh, Batman would have arrived in the Batcave, uh, changed into Bruce Wayne and come up. So I think they could have drawn him 
just as Bruce Wayne entering through the grandfather clock. But again, you want to have Batman somewhere in the story. So I think this was just a way to uh, put Batman there. But I do think it's kind of odd that you're entering through a side door in Wayne Manor. But We'll argue and say it's a side door. The audio drama does change uh, uh, the ending uh, just slightly, just the dialogue of hearing, you know, uh, the Riddler and Two-Face kind of give some laughs to the Joker for failing and then the other inmates at Arkham Asylum. And the Joker really kind of being 12 kinds of ticked off that he got defeated by Robin. And him staking his claim that he is going to be the one that is going to take down Robin and everybody else's hands are off. I thought it was a very good ending to a story. Tim is able to uh, save the day. Uh, Something this trade does very well, and with Robin 1, Lyle and Dixon are making a really good team for the first few adventures of Robin by himself uh, through Robin one and Robin two, and then uh, going into Robin three cry of the huntress here before too long. Uh, they are working both really well. And uh, with uh, Robin two, the Joker's wild. I've said it before, but I like that this story doesn't have to rely on Batman coming in and saving uh, Robin's neck. Uh, it's still a very novice uh, Tim Drake Robin trying to figure out how to be Robin, how to be um, a high school student, and how to be what Batman needs him to be, and puts uh, Robin in the most awkward situation he could possibly be in, defending uh, Gotham City against the Joker. And I think this is something we all knew as Robin fans, that this was going to be a big moment uh, for Robin to deal with with the Joker for the very first time uh, since the uh, death of Jason Todd. And I'm glad this was done in a Robin uh, solo series rather than done in the pages of a Batman story. Uh, With it being in a Batman uh, comic, being detective or Batman, uh, obviously you would have had to have have Batman in there to really watch over and protect uh, Tim and I think that was done deliberately to have a Batman beat off uh, in South America doing his own adventure and then having and then having Robin and his own adventure in Gotham City. Uh, you can make the argument to just not have Batman in the Batman title at all. But this was also a way for DC to try a Robin miniseries again and see if it could uh, really work like I did, like it did the last time. And uh, the Robin miniseries did very, very well uh, when it came out in 91. It was uh, in the top 10 books of the year. And it was cool that it was another uh, Christmas uh, uh, story going on. That I remember there was snow on the ground when I was reading it and picking up this final uh, issue in December of uh, 91. It was just... It was a nice feel. You know, you have the Joker singing Christmas carols and uh, doing a version of Batman Smells, Robin Laid an Egg, you know, uh, type of a song and doing Let It Snow, Let It Snow. And just from the audio drama standpoint, hearing Mark Hamill just deliver, I think I said it before, just a delicious performance of the Joker. I have some sales figures here to kind of show you the popularity or more than sales figures, but where this story ranked in. I'm getting this information from McConicron.com. That's C-O-M-I-C-H-R-O-N.com. 
Um, it's talking about the sales figures in 91 for the year. It says, Diamond's final ratings for all the comics and trade paperbacks during the year appear below. Diamond's uh, reported uh, these issues without indexes, uh, allowing the actual sales figures to be estimated and calculated. Diamond also used these titles that went on sale from February 91 to January 1992 in the list below. So the top uh, number one book uh, from uh, February of 91 to January of 1992 was X-Force number one by Marvel. The top four books for 91 were all held by Marvel. Two through four were all X-Men volume two, and those were including the variant covers. So you had X-Men volume one, 1E, 1A, 1C, and those are the different variant covers. The fifth book for 1991 to 92 was Robin to the Joker's Wild, issue number one by DC. And the next book, that was uh, number five, uh, seven, or excuse me, uh, six through 16 are all Marvel books. Uh, the 17th book is Robin to the Joker's Wild, number two. Uh, 18 through 24 would be all. Uh, Marvel books again. The 25th book being, you guessed it, Robin 2, The Joker's Wild, Issue 3. So you kind of see the pattern that is going on here. And then uh, you have uh, 3 and 4 being listed in here as well. You have some newsstand versions of Robin 2, The Joker's Wild, number 1, being listed in here. Last couple DC books that are in here are Superman, The Man of Steel, number one. The 73rd book being Batman versus the Predator. That's DC and Dark Horse. And then book 100 uh, for the year will be Batman Gotham Knight uh, that came out in January 1992. And that was issue number one. So the only other books that were in this top 100 uh, for the year were a Superman book, a Batman uh, Punisher book, or excuse me, Batman versus Predator book, and then another Batman book. So the only other books from DC for that year that were here uh, were this particular story, Robin to the Joker's Wild. And uh, this spoke volumes, not only for Robin fans, uh, but for Batman fans too, that we had a character that we absolutely loved and that they finally got Robin right. And gone was the, you know, bratty, I know it all, Jason Todd. Uh, you had Dick Grayson establishing himself as Nightwing. And here you have a brand new Robin that twice now has managed to crack the top 100 of the year that it was released. And the Robin 2 sold uh, through the roof when it hit newsstands. So I think that said quite a bit about the Robin character and Tim Drake as a whole, that all your other publications for the year, that it's Robin that uh, dominates uh, DC's um, presence in the top 100 when Marvel in the 90s was just running wild uh, with what they had going on. And if you remember, uh, that was the very heavily... Uh, Jim Lee and Todd McFarland run in the Marvel uh, books that were going on right now. You had the the X-Men number one, the first uh, Jim Lee uh, drawn X-Men comics. You had McFarland doing Spider-Man and then you had Tom Lyle doing Robin. So I think it, again, spoke volumes about the Robin character and uh, 
the story that Dixon was telling. So uh, the next time that the next time that Robin would get his own miniseries in Robin three, I think a lot of us were at that point were saying, just give us a full blown ongoing series. So that is going to wrap it up for me for 2014 and 2015 is right around the corner. Um, I hope I can get the Christmas uh, episode out. If not, uh, I apologize. Um, If you hear it, then I did get it out. If not, I apologize, and I'll just save that for next year. So I just want to say a big thank you to everybody that's been listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake this year uh, through 19 episodes. And uh, I will get back to doing the uh, double episode grind as much as I possibly can. But you will always be guaranteed uh, one episode a month, and I'm hoping I can bank two. So thank you again uh, for listening this year. It has really meant the world to me, the kind words that I've uh, heard through this year. It's been a blast doing this podcast. And it's been great getting to see why everyone loves the Drake. I hope that you guys do. Thank you for a great 2014. Uh, We will see you in January. Uh, I've got some cool things coming up. Uh, One of the next stories coming up, we have the introduction of uh, Stephanie Brown. uh, Spoiler into the DC Universe. And we have a Superman crossover coming up. Uh, and then uh, Tom Panarese will be joining me uh, as we do the final Robin miniseries, Robin 3, Cry of the Huntress. So we'll see you in 2015. Thank you guys very much. Uh, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. This has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman-related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, and I am making no money from it. Much to the displeasure of my wife. Sorry, babe. So no infringement is intended by this show. This also applies to all music and sound clips, as they have their own copyright holders as well. You can now find this podcast on iTunes and Windows Media as well. There you can rate and leave a comment to the show and subscribe. I hope that you do. You can also find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. You can send a message there as well. If you'd like to email, you can do so by sending me one at r10myers at yahoo.com. That's R as in Robin, one zero M-Y-E-R-S at yahoo.com. And I'll read your emails on the air. Make sure that you head over to the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thank you for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care. Let's go.